Hi, Mark Evers here, and welcome to the Human Maintenance Podcast. I'm here with my colleague and partner, Graham Hetrick. Graham, how are you feeling today? Okay, okay. Last time we were talking about the stages of life. Why don't you go yeah, give the a quarters recap of life? Now? Yeah, we well, are using the uh, the game plan analogy, the four quarters of life, game plan for living, game plan for aging, depending on how old you are. I use both analogies. I'm speaking to a younger audience is going to be living. If it's to a more seasoned audience, I use the word aging because they're going to relate to that. So we're going to we're going to play off of that. We we started we recap real quick. The last episode we went into the first couple quarters of life when you're first born. The age twenty is the first quarter. That's the fun quarter of life, uh, which we all know. And then second quarter, twenty one to thirty nine. Now we're going to go into halftime. Now we're just using the analogy of sports again. If you're not a sports enthusiast, that's okay. We're just breaking your birthdays down. And kind of categorizing it. Uh, and when I first came up with this game plan uh, analogy was many years ago. Uh, my wife, Lori, she says, I hate that game plan philosophy. I'm here. Why? Because it's so final. I said, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like, like, how about it, Graham? What you see, you see the end of the game every day with people. You know, it's not really until halftime that you start to understand that it's halftime. That's right. <laughs> and we we talked last uh, podcast about entropy. And that is that, that all things break down. It's a matter of speed. And that really has to do with that thing about living and aging. Um, you have a physical age, you have a mental age, and you have an attitude age, I think. Yeah, I do too. And uh, so... Really, this is about going from season to season and living a quality life, but living it. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because you know, some people really don't like to have a, a birthday. They, like, they don't want to get older. Well, we're going to get older. And I said, you should, like my mom is a perfect example. She lived to 90. She was your typical Italian mama. She was a bit of a worrywart. God rest well, her soul. We talked about this much. She would not give her real oh, age. Oh, my grandfather said, your Neither mother? did my grandmother. Yeah. They would refuse to. My grandfather told me when I was just a little kid, she said, Mark, your mother's never going to tell the truth about her age. She's going to lie forever about it. She will not tell you the truth. So for years, she backed her age up a good five plus years. Now, fortunately, she could get away with it because she looked youthful for her age. So she never told the truth until finally, as her 90th birthday was approached, I said, Mom, I saw your license. I know how old you are. <laughs> And so for some reason, some people just don't want to share their age. I tell people, celebrate your age. Because if you don't celebrate your birthday, what do you celebrate? The alternative. Yeah, well, that's true. Your death date. And so the four quarters of life analogy, we're going into this halftime. Now, let's regroup. So in the world of sports, because that's where I come from, halftime is your opportunity to get back with your players do the analogy on the first half. You can go back and watch the, 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 the video. You can go look at all your mistakes you made. You get that playbook out for the second half. And you got to turn the game around. So let's visualize. Let's say we're both 40 years old and we're in the locker room in life. And we're losing the game. We don't feel real good. Our attitude is crappy. We have bad health behaviors. And we're already losing momentum. What's the coach want to say to us in that locker room, Graham? And we're losing the game. Wow. You know what you have just described? You've just described meditation. 
because the coach is sort of like your view of the conscious mind because he's telling you what you did in the first half. This is what it really looked like. And this is really what you're at now. It doesn't matter whether they're winning or losing. He's going to dissect what you did wrong, what you did right, and say, okay, here's the course correction. This is exactly what we do in our own lives. We have the conscious mind, and then we have the subconscious. And uh, Carl Jung called him the shadow man. It's the shadow meaning that we have, we see a, through a mirror. Most of the time we see, see through a mirror, and that mirror is our history, what we thought about ourselves as kids, when the parents left, all these other things. And now it's saying, no, no, look at the present. And that's what a coach does. That's what a coach does. And, you know, great coaches too, um, and all of us can do this. I, I learned many years ago about visualization. Right. I wrote a story. Well, that's on, powerful. I wrote a story about the Blue Angels. Two stories. You know, the Blue Angels, the fighter mm-hmm. pilots. Yeah, very well. And uh, a great story. So I met the Blue Angels back in the 80s. Uh, they used to come to Harrisburg and do the uh, the air show. Remember that? Back I do in the remember that. Yeah. And they were the highlight. They were like the, the featured event. And I used to own health clubs, and I had this this hardcore gym called the Steel Mill Fitness Center, was, you know, for the serious you know, person right. to work out. And um, I got a phone call one day. I was at the gym, and um, the commander Doug McLean calls, and I don't know. He goes, he goes, hi, I'm Doug McLean. I'm the commander of the Blue Angels. We're in town for a week. Can we use your gym, and we'll pay you? I said, no, no, you don't have to pay me nothing. Come to my. I want to meet you guys. I'll never forget, Graham. They they drive in formation. They all had Ford Thunderbirds <laughs> that they were driving, even though they because oh, they, they don't make a Blue Angel car. Yeah, right. They were all white Thunderbirds, and they drove up in formation in my parking lot. They came at a dead time of day, and they single fire. They just I was like, and they walked out of these cars, and they were so fit and they were so confident. I was blown away by these guys, and I got to be good friends. I wrote a couple stories about them and published them. And they, they got into visualization because I was trying to figure, how do you pull eight G-forces or more, wingspans 36 inches apart in an F-18, and you don't crash the plane? How do you do that? He said, well, if you since you're publishing a story on us, you can come down and find out for yourself, and we'll give you a ride. You did? Well, unfortunately, back then, my kids were little, and it just didn't work out. But right. I had the invite. So I wanted to write another story on visualization. And this is where this plays into this whole four quarters of life analogy. So I, I said, well, how do you do that? He said, well, we call it Zen flying. I said, what's that? We get into a dark room. And the commander and myself, we, t- we walk you through the whole routine. So when you get in that F-18, you don't even feel a G-force. Because if you allow yourself to feel that G-force while flying, you're going to crash. You're not going to live. I said, so what would happen to me if I got into that F-18 and I pulled eight G-forces? He said a couple things. Number one, you're going to get sick. Yeah, you're going to throw up. You're going to throw up. Next, you're going to black out. And if you were flying that plane, you're going to check out. So we've conditioned our minds to visualize everything that we do. And I thought to myself, now that's interesting. So visualize yourself. You're in halftime right now. And you're losing the game. You, what's going to be like in the next three to five years if you don't turn the game around? And that's where you get the momentum. 
And so using that analogy, now we got to go to this third quarter of life. And that's where many Americans are here right now. we got tons of them. Age 42 to 60 is the third quarter. Now, most of us, unless you, again, inherit lots of money, you're going to still work. But work's not a bad thing. Work will keep you in the game longer. Studies show the longer you work, if you like what you do, the longer you live. So, Graham, you've been working a long time. You're still at yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm lucky. And I remember, I think it was the, the last podcast you asked, how did I get to where I am? And I didn't plan out well life. In other words, I, I have a friend who is a physician, always wanted to be a physician. I have another friend who's a lawyer, always wanted to be a lawyer. It was hard to tell what I was going to be from one year to the next because I was so varied in my interest and ended up being in, in the service and did a lot of things there, then came out and then the forensics and uh, then writing TV shows and everything else. So it it's been a life that I've lived and I just grab onto opportunities as they've come. But that's what the, the 42 to 60 was. And I think you did the same because you yeah. built one business, that business, yeah. this yeah, business. Yeah, I kept building uh, businesses, but looking at better ways um, to drive engagement, you know, in what we do. I've always been in healthcare and the sports medicine right, and, the, right. you know, the whole wellness idea. And, and, and I just know that over the years that, you know, people are people, you can't change them. People have to change themselves, and sometimes they need wake-up calls. Okay, the wake-up call, is that education, or is that education given in such a way that they can, like the halftime, picture what they've done in the past and start to have hope in the future? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I meet some people, interesting, because, you know, all the talks that I was giving live um, on hold now with covid People would say, well, Mark, I'm not in halftime yet, so I'll make my play changes when I get in the locker room and turn 40. I said, wait a minute. If I'm a coach on an athletic team, and am I going to say to my team, hey, let's lose the first two quarters (laughs) (laughs) and let's let's get momentum in the second half? Not a good plan. No. You want to get momentum, and you want to carry that momentum the whole way through the game. And if you notice, and, 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 and again, going back to athletic – because all games are winning, and the team that carries the momentum to the end of the game or regains it is the team that's going to win. So I want you to th- think about your life that way. Are you Ask yourself an honest question. Are you gaining momentum as you age, or are you losing it? Yeah, we're not talking about physical momentum. We're talking about the lust for life. We're just talking about life. Are you yeah. gaining or losing momentum for life? Right. You feel better this year than you did last year, mentally, physically, emotionally. How's your attitude? How's your spirituality? You know, you got to look at all these facets of life that, you know, as you get older, you want to have a really good quality life. So when you get to the end of the game, you can say, well played. Well, game played, well played, good and faithful servant. That's right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> because uh, that's that's from St. Paul, by the way, right. in, uh, in, in the, the Bible. But uh, the interesting thing is, he was always talking to Greeks and others. And, of course, what are you going to talk to Greeks about? It's going to be like Olympic sports. So he always made sports analogies yeah. at, about life. you got to finish the race. 
That's right. And you want to finish it strong. And yeah. that's what we all want to do. And you've seen finish people finish races very poorly or horrible. And sometimes I've they seen, don't even start them. They don't. That's, they, and that's a sad they, thing. I yeah. mean, right now there are so many people that are living that are unhappy in their job, unhappy in their relationships, feel that they have very little value in their own life. Yeah. And um, today, today I wrote out three deaths that were drug overdoses, either fentanyl or combined drug overdoses. One was horse tranquilizers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Jeez. So, well, the, you know, and those stories that we'll keep weaving through our podcast with what Graham experiences, I think will help people recognize, you know, there's a lot of ways to, to exit the world and the stuff you see is not really the most favorable way of and going. They're, they're reaching out for an outside source yeah. to, to kill the pain, really. Yep. Yeah. It's a painkiller. <laughs> and so you can, you can, even with entropy, I can't do what I used to do as a younger man, but what I do do, I do well and I do it with uh, joy. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not a mall walker because mall walking may be great, but I challenge myself a little bit more because I can still do it. So Yeah, and you're fortunate you live out in the country and you've got some great hiking to do and yeah. you're, you're in an environment where you, but you could still live in an environment and not move your body you know, yeah. everybody's different. Right. And so this third quarter is, is I mean, second quarter is very critical in life because when you get the 42 to 60, um, the third quarter, this is where you, we see a lot of the medical problems begin to surface. Yeah. Okay. Where you see a more hospital visits in the third quarter you did in the first couple. Um, and, you know, when you see the comorbidities and stuff going on with people and COVID and you see a lot, a lot of that happening too as people get older. But most people are still working. And yes. here's the sad thing. I've seen people work, 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 and die. Didn't even get a chance to enjoy see it retirement. all the time. But you see it all the time. Yeah. But I just naturally being out there in different industries that I've uh, worked in all, all the years, I think it's just sad when you see people, you know, go to work, work, you know, busy, 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 and then next thing you know, they're not here. There's two things you can do about work. You can do what you love and what and love what you do. But if somebody says, I, I was talking to an intern at the forensic center, and she says, well, I want to be a physical anthropologist. Comes from a very uh, well-to-do family. I said, that's wonderful, honey. Now, how are you going to eat? <laughs> and she says, what do you mean? I said, well, there's very few physical anthropologists that can get a paycheck unless they teach at a college or they... They work in a museum. They have constant work because she was thinking forensics. And the truth of the matter is we call them in about 1% of the time because most of the cases aren't skeletal or right. decomposition. So you can do work that you like but you don't love in order to have money so that you can take care of a family and yourself. But in Europe, it's different than here. I rented a house when I was a criminal investigator in Germany. And this Manfred Becker, he would set up these complex weaving machines. Mm -hmm. So that's what he did for money. But he asked him what he did 
he had five acres, which in Germany is a lot of land. And he said, well, I'm a farmer and I play the cello. Uh, that wasn't nice. his identity. Right. Now, your identity has been what you do because you love what you do. Right. Yeah. And you're helping people in, in a health Yeah, especially way. the speaking side of what yeah. I do. That's just always Sort of like passion. a calling. Yeah, it's a calling. Yeah, yeah, some people, and for me, you know, I lost my best friend to cancer when he barely entered the second quarter of life. Yeah. He was twenty. He was twenty. Just twenty. Just turning twenty-two when he passed away, and uh, you know, watching what he went through was a real game changer for me. Uh, recognizing, oh my gosh, that's this life. It's a temporary pit stop here. Isn't it amazing how death is a teacher? Oh, it sure is. Yeah, it is a teacher. Yes. And you've learned a lot with all the stuff you've seen. Yeah. And I think bringing that wealth of knowledge into this podcast and helping. You know, and the combination I think is really interesting, Graham. We talked about this when we first started out, is that you know I'm trying to help people live life at best to get to a ripe old age, and then you're you're at the opposite end of the spectrum. You're yeah. seeing, you're Health seeing and death. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, and it, you can't stop it. So this work life that we got now in the third quarter life, and you, you know how quick your birthdays are starting to come. Now you're out of that one, Graham. So well, I'm counting backwards now. Yeah, so that's just my system. Yeah, you're reversing the clock. So I'm I'm hoping to live long enough to be 39 again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so many people that I see in my career when I was when I visit you know, these live these industries and I'm speaking at these different engagements, how many broken bodies there are in a third quarter of life? You know, these real physical jobs and some of the things that people are doing. I scratch my head and I don't even know how they can do the work. Let me ask you this: When you see the those people with the broken body, other than something where it's been a tragic accident or something like that, but you know, the deteriorated body. When you see that, do they also have a broken spirit? A lot of them do because their spirits are busted up because they're broken up. And I think what happens when people, when you're not feeling well and you're in pain and you're in discomfort, I was giving a talk for a really big utility group not too long ago, right before COVID like got blasted. And uh, this audience was predominantly all third quarter of life, okay, 42 to 60, still working very physical jobs. I met some guys that could barely walk, and they were younger than I was. And I felt sad for them, and I'm looking, and I, and I always question, because I learned from people. I said, what do you think landed you here? They said, well, this job is just taking a toll on me. I said, yeah, but did you take care of yourself while you were working this job? And they all say the same thing, No. Yeah, I didn't. I just just did the work because it's so physical, and I thought, well, I don't have enough energy to go to the gym, or, and so you know, work can beat us up, but work can lift us up. So if we can get lifted up by what we do and helping our listeners with human maintenance, uh, you know, you chose a career doing something. Uh, so really, what you're saying, a lot of those guys that they would have sort of, in a way, trained for the job with their body, they would have actually enjoyed the job more. That's right. And they would have had a longer ability to do the job. That's right. And if, if they would have done the maintenance. Right. And it's interesting because now that I shifted my talks from not so much game plan stuff, but all about human maintenance, there's been a shift in the energy of the audiences too, Graham, where they, they, they're paying attention. Like I have people come up to me at the end of the summer saying, you know what? I can't believe that I maintenance all these other things in my life and all these years I've been working, I never do any maintenance on myself. Yeah. 
there's no there's no great expectations here um, in that believe me I'm in my 70s and I don't get up every morning and say holy heck I have absolutely no pain <laughs> because there's always pain so the the beauty is it is you know I can get up and say yeah I I have a lot less pain than I did yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, some days are better than others, yeah. you know, and at 60, I'm, you know, same thing. And so, you know, not quite, you know, to your level, but yeah, we, we still are going to feel ourselves different. But I would say most days physically, I feel really good. You yeah, know? I do. But yeah. I, but we do in the maintenance. Right. We are doing Think the of maintenance. Think if you weren't practicing your lifestyle, and I know your lifestyle pretty well now. Yeah. It's clean eating, Lots of movement, prayer, meditation, yoga. If you weren't doing that at your age, you may not even be sitting here talking to me right now. I, I think with the stress in my life, oh. I'd probably be dead now. I, I Yeah, and that's one of the things I can't comprehend is the stress. So in the third quarter of life, we have more stress. We start having, you know, our kids are getting older. We're still working. We're still at it. And the birthdays are coming faster. Now we're going to march on and go to the next. We're going to go into the fourth quarter. And as you look at the fourth quarter of life, I got to tell you, the fourth quarter is really interesting because people are really starting to change. The fourth quarter of life is 61 to 80. And um, Graham, you're in there, buddy. Yeah, I sure am. Yeah, you're in the thick of that uh, fourth quarter. You know, it was funny as my mom got older, she started to accept these four quarters of life and she actually kind of liked them. Yeah, uh, it's, well, I think I think what you do is you embrace life as it comes. When you were a kid, there were times you you didn't want to be a kid, but you really embraced everything that you experienced. And you watch a child have right. a new experience. We just had your grandson in the pond out. Oh, he farm. just loved it, man! It was first time you jump off a dock. The first time you get down. First time he, he first yeah. time he ever experienced anything like that was in yeah. your pond, and uh, he just uh, loved it. It was just a joy to see him there. And if you can do that in older age, I think you were over at the house the other day and I showed you I'm doing some sculpting. Right? Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, it, age has nothing to do with your ability to embrace joy, enjoy, and change life. As things change in your body, so will your abilities to really expand your consciousness in life. But uh, that's that's that phase I'm through. It's actually uh, uh, my daughter, Monica, that really started to introduce me into to yoga, into breathing. And uh, she does this series called, and she's going to be on the, the podcast here. Uh, I think she calls it Yoga Off the Mat for everybody. As we like to call it, Human Maintenance Movements. Human maintenance movement. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Monica's going to bring some great value to uh, that whole aspect of what we're doing is to help people move better. Yeah. And also to de decompress with stress with the breathing techniques. So even though, even though this is a, a, a sports analogy, it's you don't need to be an athlete. Uh, far from it. No, because it's just based on life and aging. So this, four, this fourth quarter, 61 to 80, you know, this is when you win the game. I never worked with an athletic team, and when I played sports, I never had a coach say, "Hey, let's push the game. Let's 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 not win in the fourth. Let's make it exciting and go to overtime." 
Yeah. You want to win in the fourth, okay, and end the game and with a victory. But, you know, sometimes you have a chance in life that you might live longer than, than 80. And this is where I see it's kind of sad where people, all those years they worked, and they didn't get a chance to enjoy the golden parachute of retirement. You know, work, 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 and then what? Well, you, you often talk about, uh, who's the guy that would? Jack Elaine. Jack Elaine, yeah. You talk about him, and you actually knew him. I met, I met him twice, yeah. and I, he blew my mind the first time, and the second time blew my mind even now, more. People don't know who this guy is. In his 90s, he would go out in the lake and, and swim with a, a rope around his chest, and he'd swim and pull a rowboat with people. I mean. Yeah, he, he swam across the English Channel and pulled a boat with people hanging out in the boat behind him. Yeah, Is that the, what it was? Yeah, English, the English Channel. Channel. Yeah, oh, my English. gosh. <laughs> yeah, he was an amazing guy, and he was well into the fourth quarter. Actually, he was beyond the fourth. And, you know, when we do our next segment, we're, we're going to get a little even deeper into this because we're going to take you into what goes beyond the fourth quarter of life um, if you, cause you might live longer than that. Yep. And you he know, did, he did. He went well beyond that. And yeah, that's a good story. We'll save that for the we're next, gonna save it for the next podcast because at the end of the day, we're here to educate, motivate, inspire. We don't want you to wait until you break. And remember you can visit our, our website at www.humanmaintenance.com. Learn more about what we're doing and upcoming episodes and uh, some of the guests we're going to be having on, uh, on the podcast. And Graham, it's always good to be with you, my brother. Oh, it's always a, an adventure. <laughs> it's good stuff, and we're here to help. And uh, you make yourself a human maintenance day. Take care of you. The most valuable asset is yourself. Live life, fear not.